Hey guys, welcome to 31 Days of Wisdom. You know, we can look around the world right now and uh, we it is obvious <laughs> that the world is in need of a lot of different things, but one thing the world is definitely in need of is some wisdom. So I thought, hey, why not, uh, why not kick off the new year and go with um, uh, the book of Proverbs for 31 days, each day looking at a chapter in that book uh, of Proverbs. And what we're going to do is I'm going to read a chapter and then I'm going to dig out some of the lessons within that. And today is day one. So, hey, we're in chapter one. But before we do, there's a couple of things about Proverbs I found really interesting is if you look at uh, Proverbs, the Hebrew word actually has two meanings to it, right? It, one, they're homonyms. So one is kind of what you think of typically. It's a parable. It's a byword. It's a metaphor or a, a saying of, of the wise, right? But check out this other one. This other word, proverb, Hebrew word, it's a homonym for proverb. It says that it can mean to rule or to reign in life, reign in power or take dominion. And I, I like that. So we're, I really like that. Uh, but we're taking a look at chapter one. And in chapter one, first nine chapters of Proverbs is kind of like a father speaking to a son. We're also introduced to a couple women here. We're introduced to Lady Wisdom and the adulterous woman in here. And as we start, I just wanted to read you this right here out of um, my translation. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. Feel free to read whatever uh, translation works for you that you like. But I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. I want you to listen to this. Within this divinely anointed compilation of Proverbs, there's a deep well of wisdom to reign in life and to succeed in our destiny. The wisdom that God has designed for us to receive will call it, cause us to excel, to rise up as rulers to be on the earth for his glory. The kingdom of God is brought into the earth as we implement the godly wisdom of Proverbs. That's good stuff. So let's just jump right on in here. We're looking at Proverbs 1. This is what Proverbs 1 says. Here, here are the kingdom revelations, words to live by and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. I like that, to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. So Proverbs, mostly written by Solomon. There are other um, contributors as well, but most of the Proverbs found in Proverbs are written by King Solomon. So he says, within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true wisdom. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. These proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. That, that is chapter, or that's verse four. I love that right there to teach the immature and to make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. And when I read that, it really hits me that, you know, we're gaining this insight, we're gaining understanding and wisdom, but it's not just for us, right? We, we don't want to gain this to be some reservoirs. We want to be rivers that wisdom and understanding and discernment flow through. We want to impart that to the next generation. So I, I love that too. So for the wise, 
These Proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. You want some strategies for leadership? Hey, get you some wisdom. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, riddles, epigrams, and to unravel the words and the enigmas of the wise. Verse seven, how then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? That's probably the question, right? If you're, you're reading Proverbs, well, how? okay, that's great. How then do you gain wisdom? He says, we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. And that's verse seven. Other translations will say it begins, the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. And when you think about fear of the Lord, it's not the boots shaking in the ground. You know, you're, you're afraid to death. It's more of a reverential awe and worship of the creator God, the creator of you and the creator of all things who spoke and boom, there were stars and planets and uh, galaxies in the skies who created the birds, the bees, the antelopes and the butterflies, right? Who created you and me. It's a reverential awe of the creator, the father God. And uh, that, that's, that's the beginning of wisdom. You want to know what step one is? It's awe of the father God. So right here, verse eight, Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instruction for their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say, no, I ain't doing it, right? I ain't doing it. When the gang says we're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. We'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whoever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on, join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide it up and, all, and we'll all get what we want. We'll each end up with big bags of cash. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them for crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty to be aware of their snare is the best way of escape they'll resort to murder to steal their victims assets but eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed in their ungodly disrespect for god they bring destruction on their own lives wisdom's praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the higher halls of learning you know, I could pause right there. <laughs> I'm all in on education, but I love how he says, yet yeah, wisdom song is not always heard in the higher halls, in the halls of higher learning. You know, our education system uh, sometimes teaches us what to think, right? Teaches us what to think for a specific problem on a specific test. But the problem is not what to think, but teaching people how to think, right? We want to teach people how to think. And that comes with wisdom, not just always following the crowd. We just read here where he's talking about don't follow the crowd. Don't fall into peer pressure. Don't, don't fall under to the thinking of other people. Make your own decisions, right? Think for yourself. I'll pause right here for one second. I, we've got three kids and our oldest son, he was at daycare one day and I go in to pick him up 
And uh, I see the teacher coming and she's kind of got this look and she's got this piece of paper in her hand. And I've picked up our kids enough to know that a piece of paper in the hand means one of two things, that somebody's gotten hurt or somebody's in trouble. <laughs> and I go up to her and she hands this piece of paper and she says, um, Mr. Lee Colton, um, he got into some trouble today. He did something that he, he shouldn't have done. He punched another little kid in the private parts. And I was like, what? That, that doesn't sound like Colton. So, I, you know, I, I'm listening to it and that's my thinking. And I see Colton coming around the corner. He's got his, he's got his head down and he's not really wanting to look up. He doesn't want to look me in the eye. So I could tell he had actually done it. And we walk out to the car and I'm thinking, you know, this could be an opportunity to uh, a learning lesson. Or I could get on to him, right? I could, I could do that and punish him and all that kind of good stuff. And, but I, I knew it was a learning opportunity because I wanted him to, uh, to learn how to think for himself. I know at that time he was like seven, that peer pressure was only going to mount. It's only going to get worse. And I wanted him to be able to think for himself. So I look in the rearview mirror as we're driving. I say, hey, Colton, tell me what happened. And he, he told me basically some guys had put him up to punch one of his best friends in the private area, right? And I, I said, well, let me ask you this. How did the teacher find out? And uh, he said, well, the little boy who put me up to it, who, who told me to do it, went and told. And I said, well, let me ask you, does that sound like a true friend? He's like, no, no, it doesn't. I said, Colton, what sound does a sheep make? <laughs> and at this point, he's kind of crying. He's like, Bah, bah. And I said, what do sheep do? He said, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, Colton, sheep bah and bah because they follow the crowd. They can't make decisions for themselves. They just follow along with whatever else everybody else is doing. They follow along with what the herd is doing. And I said, Colton, what sound does a lion make? And he's still crying. He says, roar. <laughs> and I said, you know what the line does? He said, no, sir. I said, lines can think for themselves. They don't have to go along with the herd. Lines can do their own thing. They don't have to go along with the crowd. I said, as you grow up, you got to be a lion. You got to think for yourself. You can't fall into the herd mentality. I said, what sound does a sheep make again? He said, bah. And I said, what are you going to be? He said, a lion roar. <laughs> but but as, as Solomon is talking about right here, we can't follow into the peer pressure. And that comes along with wisdom, making decisions for yourself making decisions for yourself, having discernment and thinking for yourself. So let's pick back up. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the higher halls of higher learning, but in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the din of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who stop to listen. Foolish ones, how much longer will you cling to your deception? How much longer will you mock wisdom? Cynical scorners who fight the facts. Come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I'm ready? I am ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. I've called out to you over and over 
Still, you refuse to come to me. Mm -hmm. I've pleaded with you again and again. You've turned a deaf ear to my voice because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing in your stubbornness. I will laugh when your calamity comes on you and will turn away from you at the time of disaster. Make a joke of my advice, will you? I'll make a joke out of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over your head, when dread and distress consume you and your <laughs> catastrophe comes like a hurricane, you will cry out to me, but I will not answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found because you have turned up your nose at me and closed your eyes to the facts and refused to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction, now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You've made your own bed, now lie in it. So how do you like that? Wow. Passion translation holds no punches, right? Uh, so how do you like that? Like an idiot, <laughs> you've turned away from me and chosen destruction instead of your self-satisfied smugness will, will kill you. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident and courageous. You will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storm's of life. And that is, that is good stuff. And, you know, as we look at that, wisdom mm -hmm. is calling out, wisdom is crying out. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, all of the Lord. And you think about that, that is the foundation, the awe of the Lord. And, you know, you can kind of contrast that with the fear of the Lord with fear of man. Fear of the Lord or fear of man, you've got it's one of the two, right? And I, I read this the other day. It's a remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. That was written by Oswald Chambers. Now I like that. As we keep going in Proverbs, and this is just day one, we'll later discover that the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, but it also does a couple other things. Actually, a few things. It instills confidence. It makes you rich. It prolongs life. It's a fountain of life. It leads to life. And in the Old Testament um, uh, book of Isaiah, he echoes this when he says that he will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of blessings and wisdom, I think the first thing that we need to do as we're doing this 31 days of wisdom, the very first thing we need to do is assess your view of the Lord. When you think about God, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Not the church answer, not the answer you feel like you should give, but that first boom, that first boom, that first thought that comes across your mind. I mean, is, is the Lord, is he some old man up in the clouds that maybe needs some anger management? When you think about God, is that what you think of? When you think about God, do you see him more like a, as a genie uh, that you can go to in times of trouble that, hey, I wish this would go away or whatever, help me here? Or do you do you more know of him, right? Have you heard of him, but you don't truly know 
him. God wants an intimate relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus wants an intimate relationship with us. We'll see that in Proverbs as we continue on. Or do you see him as father? As, do you see him as father who has plans for you, plans that, to give you a hope and to give you a future? My friends, we cannot skip this step right here. As we dig into Proverbs, remember Proverbs one of two meanings, right? Proverb is a parable, a byword, a metaphor, a saying of the wise, but it also is a homonym to rule and to reign in life. And if we're going to rule and reign in life with wisdom, the beginning of that, the foundation of that is an awe and a fear of the Lord. So we can't skip this step. When you think about God, what is the first thing you think of? I hope this has added value to you. I, I'm looking forward to digging in with you guys. This is day one. Tomorrow will be day two. We'll be in Proverbs 2. I hope you guys have a great day and God bless.